0: One grassroots organization in Ukraine is trying to make it fun by bringing young people from the cities into villages destroyed by fighting. NPR's Kat Lonsdorf has more. 66-year-old Hanna Yershenko carries a basket full of apples, freshly picked from the trees next door. It's a drizzly afternoon on one of the first cool days of fall. She walks around what was once her home, now not much more than a foundation littered with broken brick and shards of glass. It's a grim setting, but the mood is light. Techno blasts from a Bluetooth speaker, people laugh and dance. Hana hands apples to the workers, shoveling piles of debris into metal buckets, clearing away the destruction so that the house can someday be rebuilt. She can't rebuild until it's been cleared. On the 7th of March, she says, she watched as not one but several rockets hit her home. This is the small village of Kolychivka in northeastern Ukraine, which was under heavy attack in the early weeks of Russia's large-scale invasion. I can't do this cleanup by myself. I'm just so grateful for these kids. The kids Hanna is referring to are the dozen or so 20-and-30-somethings clearing away the rubble. They rhythmically sway and shovel to the music. One woman cuts through old pipes with a power saw. 27-year-old Roman Tarasuk shakes his hips on top of a trailer as he empties buckets of debris to be hauled away. He's wearing overalls and a bright blue shirt, his long hair pulled back in a ponytail. The volunteering in Ukraine has become a part of our everyday life. 20-year-old Victoria Siktovska brings over a bucket she's filled. She says this festive atmosphere is necessary. We all feel anger and a lot of destructive emotions. Listening to music, she says, helps push those feelings away so they can work. That's the idea behind this whole event, put on by a group called Repair Together. Marina Harabina is one of the organizers. The scales of destruction, it is really huge. This all started with a group of friends who went to help a different village in the spring. But there were so many places that needed help. So they invited their friends, who invited their friends, and it grew. Now all the volunteers pay a small amount to rent buses, and they work with local authorities to determine where they're needed most. Today, they're cleaning up six houses. We're not builders here. Yeah, well, just normal people. But we have our arms, our bodies, and our like physical health. She says most of all, it's about helping people. But it's also about making everyone feel less alone in all of this, building community. Down the street, a boombox blasts Ukrainian music perched on the foundation of another bombed-out home. Two young people throw bricks to each other, stacking them as they go. Tetyana Vereshaina shovels alongside the volunteers. This was her family's house. She says all of this was a surprise. She had asked the local authorities for a trailer and found out just the day before that a whole team was coming to help. Her nine-year-old daughter, Anastasia, jumps around and dances nearby. (laughs) She's been helping too, Tatiana says, making tea for everyone. Volunteer Lisa Kochube says just because she's out here helping today doesn't mean she isn't paying attention to what's happening. In fact, it's the opposite. Look, there are seven days a week, like five days a week we read the news and get really sad about what we read. And then we have two days when we gather together and we get distracted by work. A short walk away, past some cows grazing by the road, 60-year-old Katya Yershenko keeps watch over her destroyed property, where more young volunteers are packing up at the end of the day. (laughs) She says she was born in this house, lived here all her life. Cleaning it up has been too emotional to do alone. She says this group of workers finished in one day what would have taken her months, even if the music isn't really for her. They are young and they like music, so I don't mind. But honestly, I don't have any music in my soul right now. And then she pauses and says, You know what, though? The music is much better than the bombs. As Katya talks, a sunset fills the entire horizon, bright pink, orange, purple. It bounces off the gold domed church next door, reflects in the nearby stream. A few volunteers stop packing up to take selfies and then continue stacking equipment. Katya thanks them. They wave, heading down the dirt road, carrying the Bluetooth speaker still blasting. They turn a corner. The music fades. The village is quiet again. Katya walks over, standing in what was once her kitchen. Now, she says, she just needs some help to rebuild. Kat Lonsdorff, NPR News, Koli Chivka, Ukraine. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps podcast. Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories. Hear them on the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A— But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered, what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal? I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR, and I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most on It's Been a Minute from NPR.